This is Cultivate a Good Life, episode 80, How Not to Freak Out. (laughs) That was good. I like that one. Hey, everybody. I am Becky Higgins, and with me is my friend and my co-host, Becky Proudfit. Yes, I'm here. And also, we feel that you are here with us. Yes, Can I just we tell you? sure like, do. We really feel um, very much connected to many of you when we get to have conversations with you, especially on social media. Thank you, Instagram, for being... It's kind of, I mean, it gets a double-edged sword and it kind of gets a bad rap, but really social media can be used for so much good. And and we love that it kind of makes the world a smaller place. We can all connect Mm -hmm. a little bit more. I know. I love that. Um, Hey, I want you guys to be thinking about something. Before we dive into this episode, Becky's going to share an iTunes review because we love to do that. We've got a little ad to share with you. But before all of that, can you guys be thinking like, what is it that I freak out about? So I, I don't know, Becky is, is leading this conversation. So she's the one that's been putting a lot of thought into this topic of how not to freak out. And I can't even wait, but it has me thinking right here in this moment, like, okay, before she shares all of the wisdom and the insights, I want to be thinking and be a little bit more aware of like, what do I freak out about lately in my life? So maybe that'd be good to think about Mm -hmm. what are we freaking out about? I agree. Okay. I agree. Okay, okay, I'm going to share this iTunes review really quick. Yes, please. Um, it's from Crow's Pose. Oh, I wonder if she's a yogi. Mm. Mm. Uh, Becky and Becky get real, real quick. It's refreshing, inspiring, and fun. But seriously, they are not just a podcast personality. They are honestly the most beautiful, authentic women who genuinely want to lift and empower others. They're thoughtful, prayerful, kind, insightful, and very funny. They're both deliberate with important things and spontaneous to let the conversation flow naturally. Keep up the amazing content. That's very kind. That was a very nice review. And I thank you, Crow's Pose, from the bottom of my heart for that awesome yes, review. Yes, thank you, guys. And do you even know you do? We've said it, but can we remind you how much it means to us when you go out of your way to just take that quick 30 seconds and leave a kind iTunes review on our podcast? It happens in iTunes. You just It's right there under the episodes. It says leave a review. It takes just two seconds. Yeah. So thank you for doing that. All right, shall we? Let's hear a quick we word shall. from this week's sponsor. Are you feeling the need to renew and recalibrate your life? The little things you do can make a huge impact. And we've also learned firsthand that sometimes doing something big for yourself can be the very thing that you need to truly hit the reset button in your life in the very best possible way. This is precisely why we love Movara Fitness Resort. Situated near beautiful St. George, Utah, this place and these people are 100% devoted to your wellness and progression. We invite you to join us at Movara January 17th through the 24th, 2021. Join us for a week of hiking, movement, nutrient-dense meals that you don't have to prepare, informative classes, inspiring discussions, and plenty of self-reflection. Whether you're able to come to the Becky Week at Movara or not, be sure to drop our name when you call to inquire 
or to get yourself signed up any time this year. When you tell Movara that we sent you, you'll save $200 off the weekly fee and you'll get a $50 resort gift card that can be used anywhere at the resort. A sweetest massage, the retail shop, a private hike, etc. The number to call is one 833 3421671. The friendly staff at Movara will answer all the questions you have. And of course, you're welcome to reach out to either one of us on Instagram if you have more specific questions for either one of us. Again, the number is 1-833-342-1671. Your Movara experience will be unforgettable and a total game changer in your life. I'm so excited to start off this conversation and I have to ask you first because if you remember if you listen every week I don't know a few months ago I was driving with sweet crew Higgins in my car <laughs> and he heard me freak out Ooh. and he said he I looked just that. horrified and I said you're telling me your mom has never like freaked out at you and he's like no never <laughs> and I wanted to race home and punch Becky right in the mouth <laughs> do you truly never freak out at your kids Listen, I think that freaking out is so relative. So I freaked out on crew this morning. Oh, good. But freaking, okay, that makes me feel good. Well, but freaking out to me was, buddy, what were you thinking? Like, why? how, how did that like make sense to you Ooh. at 7 in the morning to... I love that you just said that. You just gave the perfect example of what's going to tie back okay, of an perfect. example You're going to shame me? Yeah, I'm okay. going to shame you all, all day right, long. Good. No, the point of having this conversation is you guys, we all freak out. Oh, you don't want to hear the end of the story? Oh, I do. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I, I really do. Yes. I was freaking out about. And I actually caught myself saying, what were you thinking? Because I don't use those words with my kids. So I actually had to backtrack because that's not. Because you were freaking out. I was freaking out. That's why I said, what were you thinking? Yes. And I did. I'm not a yeller. So I just said it exactly like I said it on the microphone. What, buddy, what were you thinking? Like, how did you think that at seven o'clock in the morning, it was okay to go into the um, little system on the wall where you could do all the lights and stuff and Instead of, you know, heaven forbid, walking around to the light switches, he went into that because it's something, it's a screen you can touch. Right. And he just wanted to turn all of the house lights on. What he didn't know is dad was still here and dad was still sleeping because dad worked until 1130 last night. Mm-hmm. And so poor David's in our room, like <laughs> blinded by the light. Turns out he didn't even know it happened. Oh, good. But anyway, yes, I did. That was kind of my freak out moment, which when I freak out, I'm actually really quick to apologize and say, hold on. I'm sorry. Hold on. I just overreacted. Right. But carry on, Becky. Carry the on. The whole point is, is we all freak out. And if you're not, if you're still not quite understanding um, what we're talking about, it's when that moment in parenting when, or even not in parenting, but most often it happens to me while I'm being a mother and, um, you start to speak before you've really had a chance to think about it and you become very reactionary Yes, and it doesn't become like a, an intentional thought process. It becomes a knee jerk reaction. So it's that feeling that bubbles up inside of you where you just want to explode. Mm-hmm. Okay. Whether mm-hmm. you do or not. So I love that you asked at the top of the episode, why are we freaking out? Um, Okay, so we're going to talk through that problem. And first, I'm going to start with a story. Ooh, story time. This is something that happened to me over the weekend. And I have intentionally not been telling Becky this story so I could tell her on air. This is the first time she's hearing this. (laughs) I'm so excited. I love stories. So. Oh, boy. I got up. So all day Saturday, my husband and I were gone. Our sweet in-laws, my in-laws, his parents, um, for Christmas this year, gave us a gift of like an all-day date. 
And it ended up being with um, the other brothers and sisters. And we did the, these family Olympics and it was really so much fun. That's really creative. But we were gone all day on a Saturday, which is not very typical. So my oldest was babysitting for like 10 hours mm-hmm. and I knew things weren't going to be ideal, but we came home and it was, you know, he had made cookies with the kids, which was great. But my kitchen was like kind of cleaned up, kind of not cleaned up, whatever. I decided to cast it aside because it was very late when we got home and I went to bed. I woke up Sunday morning as I do, you know, hobbled over to the bathroom because I'm getting old and my feet hurt in the morning <laughs> and I'm going to the bathroom and I notice there's no toilet paper. Oh dear. Now, if you know me, I'm like, this is like a hot button issue because we literally have like four Costco packs of toilet paper in our house at all times. Like this is not something we run out of. And Taylor was not there and it was me alone in the bathroom <laughs> with no toilet paper. Okay. How they went through like the three rolls that were on the back of the, I'll never know. I'll never know what transpired that Saturday that caused so much toilet paper to be used. So I'm looking around like, well, great. What am I supposed to do now? So I turned and I looked at fit, fad, fun had sent me a box. And in that box was an envelope of essential oil wipes. And so I was reading the back of it and I'm like, okay, this one's for like wiping your baby's face. And I thought, okay, well, if it can wipe a baby's face, surely it can be used in the restroom (laughs) because it's my only option. I totally wipe with this essential oil wipe and within like 15 seconds, the fires of hell erupted in my nether regions (laughs) and I knew I had made a grave, grave error. Oh no. And I literally was like in so much pain. My husband just walked in at that moment and I was like, oh my gosh, something take, like something is very wrong. And he kind of looked and saw what happened and like diverted the kids out there. I had to like get in. It was a whole thing. Like I had to get in the bath and I was so, as I was sitting in that bath reading to find out if I needed to go to the hospital or not. I was seething <laughs> with so much anger, like over oh. my children who could not replace the stupid toilet paper. Mm. Like I you were gonna freak out. was ready to lose my mind. You were kind of freaking out already. You were freaking out, right? Because I'm telling you, this head. pain oh, no. was intense. And in a very tender place. Very tender area. <laughs> And like I said, before I had left, like I had done all the legwork to like make sure there's always toilet paper in our house. And I'm like, what is, so I'm in the bath and this is where my head's going. What is wrong with these kids? I leave them home for 10 hours. They are total, every one of them is a functional human being. Why is it that I can't leave for 10 hours and have things like go the way that they need to go? What were they thinking? What were they thinking? Mm. What is wrong with my children? What is wrong with me as a mother that I clearly haven't taught these people how to be human beings because I am burning in the bathtub on a Sunday morning (laughs) and my head is just spiraling. And then Taylor comes back in, you know, when it starts to subside and thankfully turns it to laughter because I fear I would have killed my children. But we start to laugh over like the ridiculousness of what has transpired. And it really got me thinking like... And possibly the visual of you sitting in that tub. Right? With facial expressions. And he knew exactly what happened and he was just dying. He could not... He was laughing so hard. (laughs) But um, it really got me thinking about those times where 
thankfully my children weren't there. I couldn't say the things I shouldn't have said to them, but like what was going on in me that like automatically, like I get so fired up about stuff. It's like Mm -hmm. that feeling of going from zero to 60, like you had a crew this morning, like, dude, what are you thinking? Mm -hmm. And I love that you said that because that will tie back to that in a minute. But, um, oftentimes when I'm in that situation, before I'm exploding, I'm thinking in my head, like I was like, what is wrong with my children? Why are they, why are they not reacting the way that I want them to? Why are they not doing the things that I want them to? And I find myself asking myself, how should a good mom handle this situation? Like, I think that I've seen other people, like if my, if, if their kids are acting out or not doing something, then, then they're supposed to correct them in this specific way. And I start going down this pattern and I really think to myself like, well, mom, a mom is supposed to do this. A mom is supposed to do that. Um, and I kind of found myself in that, in that little loop. And so that's the first question is, do you find yourself comparing your mothering in, in the frame of like, well, a good mother should, or good kids should Hmm. be a certain way. And it starts out for me as, comparison where it comes with dude what were you thinking because if you finish that like finish that sentence in which way dude what were you thinking because if you were really thinking you wouldn't have done that or oh do you know what I mean oh I see like had you been thinking clearly you would have never done that yeah right like you have to finish that question right Okay. So the, I have a few tips here to take us out of freak out mode okay okay to like quench the fires within although I would never recommend using an essential oil wipe as a sanitary product in any way, shape, or form. Maybe your bum has never been so clean. Right? It's because it lost about four layers of skin, but it's fine. (laughs) Okay, so when you find yourself asking yourself, how do I handle this situation? Okay, so the first step, and I want you to really think through this, is stop exaggerating what's actually happening. Mm. Okay? So when I'm in those situations, I'm finding myself, the un- the unsaid thing that's going on in my head is um, my kids can't even change the darn toilet paper. So clearly they're going to end up drug dealers in jail. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I exaggerate what's actually happening. What's happening is, is my children were in my bathroom that they're not usually in and just didn't replace the toilet paper. Like that's it. Like that's not that's that big of a deal. What it was. The fact that essential oil wipes and pain, that really was my piece of it. Right. But their piece was they were kids being careless. That doesn't really sound like that big of a deal, Mm -hmm. right? I think sometimes we exaggerate what is actually happening because of the emotion of the situation or where we let our minds go to the the loop of if they can't do this, then that means their life is a failure or I'm a failure as a mother or I've taught them nothing or Mm -hmm. they're completely inconsiderate. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. So you got to stop understand. yourself in the exaggeration. <laughs> well, you, you watched me exaggerate a situation just recently in the last few days. I don't know if you were planning to bring this up, but I'll tie it in. Oh, I would I'll, love to I'll, hear this. I'll tie it in because you're talking about mothering. And I just want to make sure that everyone remembers that when we talk about things here, these principles ideally are applying to every area of our life. I exaggerated a situation hugely and quickly when I realized I inadvertently hurt someone's feelings oh. a few days ago. Mm. And I, and I, it was, it was truly innocent. I, I won't explain the specifics because it really doesn't matter, but what I did really did hurt someone's feelings. The way they took it was very, very hard. And if you know me at all, I wouldn't hurt 
a fly. Like I just would never, ever, ever try to hurt someone's feelings. It was so unintentional, but I did it. It happened. And the way, the way that I expressed it as soon as I realized that it happened and you weren't with me when it happened, but I, I said the words, I am literally the worst person on the planet. And I said it to the friends I was with and my husband when I realized of this mistake. And so that is a, that's a prime example of taking it so extreme, so fast. And it was like, it's too much. Do I really think I'm the very worst person on the planet? No. When I'm in my right mind, I know I'm absolutely not the worst person on the planet. But when you're not in your right mind, which is a freak out moment, which is Mm -hmm. what we're talking about, you do tend to get expressive and exaggerative very quickly. So yeah, yeah, I fully, fully understand. I've had many, an exaggerated moment (laughs) in my life. Yes. And if you really stop to think about it, the exaggeration really is a defense mechanism um, that we have to somehow get us through that moment where we really, truly feel like... Like, oh man, that was really bad. It's almost like self-deprecating mm-hmm. as being defensive, mm-hmm. if that makes sense, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, I'm going to say I'm the worst person, so you don't ever have to say that I'm the worst person because mm-hmm. I know that I'm the worst person, mm-hmm. right? Um, the funny thing is, is if you're having a lot of freakouts, I have noticed in times where I have been more reactionary as a parent, I will find my kids mimicking that. I'm the worst kid ever or Why can't I ever do anything right? And so that defensive behavior is actually that total result of the exaggeration. Mm. Um, The other thing is acknowledging your weakness. So kind of the second thing, first thing, stop exaggerating. Second, acknowledge your weakness. So in that toilet paper situation, the worst part of it was the fact that I decided to use an essential oil wipe. My kids had no part of that. That was 100% my decision. Like that was me, myself, and myself, okay? (laughs) That was it. That was it. They had no part of that, but I'm kind of exaggerating to be like, well, somehow they led me to do this, and now Mm -hmm. I did this because of their actions. Totally. And so um, what I love about your example you gave with crew today is you have to acknowledge your weakness. You have to acknowledge your peace, and everybody always has a peace. And if you think you don't have a peace... Honey, you have a piece. Like we all have a piece in all situations. And encouraging ourselves to look at our piece and then vocalizing our piece when we have to apologize for that allows our kids and the people around us to do the same. So if you feel like people around you aren't recognizing their piece, the best way to cure that is to start recognizing your piece and showing them that by the way that you act. Let me tell you how good it feels to acknowledge your piece. Mm-hmm. When I realized that I had hurt someone's feelings and that I was, you know, playing that role of like somebody felt hurt by something, um, no matter that it wasn't intentional, right? It didn't matter. At the end of the day, someone's feelings were hurt and it was a result of, of, of a mistake that I had made. The second I got over my freak out moment and stopped saying I'm the worst person on the planet and just went into problem solving mode, which is to reach out and apologize and say, I am deeply sorry. That is not at all what I meant or, you know, and just trying to make it right. It felt so freeing to me to just acknowledge it. I didn't want to defend it. I didn't want to say, well, but that's not what I meant. I didn't want to just backpedal. I wanted to say, I'm wrong. Like, I was wrong in the situation. I didn't mean it. Please accept my apology. And if you don't, I totally understand. But please know that I'm asking for your forgiveness. Yeah. There is a huge, huge, huge amount of peace that comes when we do acknowledge our part of it. Because we are all human. Mm -hmm. We're all making mistakes. And so owning that and understanding it, I really love what you're emphasizing there, Becky, because it allows those around us to do the same, not just our children, but other people, our The peers. world around us, uh-huh. yeah. 
And I think a lot of times when we go back to the like, well, a good mom should, and I, and I can't tell you how many times I've been standing around or heard conversations or been part of conversations, man, she just really needs to get a handle on her kids or, mm-hmm. or us parenting other people from afar. When really, if you think about it, um, what is the goal? Who are you trying to raise? And sometimes by these way more authoritarian um, parenting strategies where we're, I guess when I say authoritarian, I mean being vocally probably inappropriate during these freakouts. We're attacking people's self-respect. Yeah. These little people. And then they get to teenagers and we're wondering why they have no self-respect. Right. Well, we've kind of beat it out of them a little bit, right? For the sake of obedience. Well, that's why... Did you have something to add? Well, yeah, just because I was thinking about this morning when I said, what were you thinking? And remember what I said to you, how I, I like very rarely have said that. And I've yeah. been pretty intentional to not say phrases like that because of what you just said. And so please understand that you're still going to make mistakes. Like nobody, oh, for nobody sure. here is going to get this right. Like yeah. I can be the most intentional mother ever, but I still slipped and said those actual words this morning crocodile tears came up pretty quickly. I knew it immediately. And I'm like, I did not mean to say that. Like, I know that you were just trying to be helpful and turning all the lights on. You know, I tried to make up for what I had said, Yeah. but but these things, these expressions will come out even when we don't mean it. And you have to just give yourself some grace and show that you're giving yourself some grace so that again, going back to what you are saying, other people will also give themselves grace. So it's like for each other and for ourselves, like totally relax everybody. Well, and when you think about kids, they actually are, you know, developing human beings. And so they don't have a lot of the coping skills that we do. So obviously they're going to be more reactionary in the things that they do and Mm -hmm. say, and how great for you to model that behavior of just being able to own your peace, except when you've made a mistake and move on. Yes. Um, one of the one of the little tips I have for this is, and this is going back to your experience with crew, is saying making statements instead of asking questions. I realize when I'm in freakout mode, a lot of the questions that come to my head first are ninety nine point nine percent of the time not something I want to say. What is wrong with you? What were you thinking? Hmm. Why would you do that? Like these are not helpful because we're essentially that's essentially a shaming question. Like what? Totally why would right. you do that? You know what I mean? But that's my first thing that comes into my head. So instead, replacing questions with statements. So take it back to the toilet paper. Um, I could have gone, thankfully I didn't, but I could have gone and said, what is wrong with you? Why would you go in my bathroom, use all the toilet paper and leave? Like what that, why would you even think that would be okay? And that's what I would think too. Right? Yeah. No, of course these questions that come up are very natural, right? They're very natural. And that's the point is you're kind of getting over and learning to like control the natural reactions you have to things to do better. Yes. And so instead I should have said something like, Hey, I really need you to do better when you're using the restroom in my room. I need you to make sure that you put toilet, fresh toilet paper on. Cause today I didn't have any, and that was awkward. So you know what? You're saying those words. We're sitting across the table from each other and I'm being the child, right? I'm uh-huh. trying to have those list the ears yeah. as if I were your child. That's not shaming at all. I no. don't feel sh- ashamed. You're giving them I something feel, to do. Yeah. I'm feeling like, okay, course correction, but I'm not feeling like I'm being shamed. Cause so, if I say what's wrong with you, immediately a kid's going to think, what is wrong with me? Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Give them something that they actually can do. And I have found this actually really helpful in marriage too, is when my husband and I were learning how to communicate with each other and how to best receive and understand um, different things, it became really important to make statements. Like it would mean a lot to me if you would, Mm -hmm. instead of why don't you show me you love me? Do you get what I'm saying? One is implying like you don't know what you're talking about and have no idea. And one is, 
hey, this is something I need you to work on. This is huge. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do know what you mean because I feel like this is, it's a game changer in the way that I think about calling my kids out on things. Cause guess what? That is part of our job. Our job is to love guide, yes. teach like, but in my, in my language, I really want to be more mindful to make sure that I'm not asking questions that are shaming that are redundancy shaming. Yeah. Like they, yeah. they literally don't serve anyone. They don't serve your purpose. No, literally except that sometimes in the moment it feels really good to like express sure frustration sure. that way, right? How perfect that I had that moment with Cruz. So I know, fresh. I'm so glad. moments like that in the mornings. Like, we're yeah. usually, like, we've got a pretty good rhythm down. He's a, he's a great kid, of course, but this morning that was, and it wasn't a big deal. We, we were totally fine before school, but it was enough that mm-hmm. I didn't like how it felt when I was asking him, what, what were you thinking? Yeah. So man, I real Becky, thank you for like, you are welcome taking something that is a very natural thing in what we do. And I'm just reiterating it because this is how I learned best. And instead of asking the question, we're making a statement, a suggestion, a correction, but doing so in love, I think is the key, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. And that kind of leads me to my next point. So, you know, when, when in, in any part of this process, it's always okay to stop and take a deep breath. Like it always is okay to just take 10 seconds before you speak. If you can feel it, just take a deep breath. And just let it out. Just make sure that you have given yourself the, the second or even just a few seconds to think about what you want to say. Because I want you to ask yourself, what is your end goal when you look at this moment of correction? Like, what is what is your end goal with parenting? Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, I'll, I'll give you yeah. mine and kind of, because Taylor and I have thought a lot about this. Um, and it has really directed how we handle discipline in our home. For us. Um, Did you want me to answer well, sure. Well, no, but you... No, you're fine. And I would love you to answer. I didn't know if you needed a little, like, I, priming. Well, I have... Um, thank you. That Yeah, because normally I would, but immediately when you asked that, I was thinking about that statement that the one professor that one day in college mm. made that I say over and over, the purpose of the task is to strengthen the relationship. Bingo. That's, like, how I feel when you ask the question, like, the purpose of this moment, this teaching moment, it... To me, it should be, and I wish I could always perfectly remember this, but it should be about strengthening the relationship and not about correcting the behavior. Correct. So is that what you guys were, that's what you had already talked about? Well, Taylor Taylor and I, ours is, and this is just specific to us, and probably, to be honest, this might vary a little bit. Essentially, the, um, the main point is to, the relationship has to be the king. The relationship has to be the point. And so for Taylor and I, um, our end goal always is that to maintain the channel of communication is more important than anything else. And so if we are disciplining and figuring out, um, I have discipline, I don't know, grounding or whatever, whatever it needs to be. We actually really don't ground that much, but, um, if it is going to hinder the channel of communication, we rack our brains and we think of another way Mm, and we think of another way to maintain because at the end of the day, if we don't have that channel of communication, I can ground, I can even change behavior, but I don't change the relationship or I Mm. don't actually change things on a fundamental level. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Totally. And I think that goes back to what I was first saying is, well, when we're outside looking in, well, they just need to be, they need to like drop the hammer on that kid and, and figure out what's going on. Yes. And no, like you have to do it in the way that makes sense for your kid and figure out your why and what your end game is with correction. It can't be 
to change the behavior because that's really not enough. You need to dig deeper. And so I love that you said preserving that relationship. Um, there's actually a great quote from Thomas S. Monson, and he says, never let a problem to be solved become more important than a person to be loved. We are so putting that in the show notes, guys. It is the greatest that you quote need to remember and see on a regular basis. Truly, mm-hmm. because you can change behavior without making an impact. You can change your kid's behavior or your spouse's way that they react to you or whatever without actually solving a problem. And I think when we get in that cycle, or I know for myself, when I have gotten in that cycle in motherhood is when I find the freaking out happening because it becomes more about control and a whole lot of defensiveness and other things. And it is a pattern that I don't want to duplicate. If there's things from my childhood, we all have ways that we were raised. I want to do better. And I hope my kids will do better than I'm doing for them. Absolutely. Um, Okay, so making statements instead of questions. Um, There actually is a really interesting Harvard study that I wanted to discuss really quick. And I was reading it yesterday, and it was saying that essentially anxiety... Um, cause I was looking up research about like this, the emotional response of like the freak out. And they were saying that it's like a heightened sense of anxiety that it actually runs in that same, vi- same vein as anxiety, which I thought was actually super, super interesting. And, um, they brought up that anxiety is the state of negative arousal. So the same, mm-hmm. like your, your, your faculties, not be talking about arousal, arousal, but your faculties are aroused. And this is the negative feeling of having your faculties aroused hmm. where the opposite of that excitement is the positive, um, response of having your faculties aroused. I thought that was really interesting because anxiety and excitement are really like pals, like they're really twins, but it's a negative and positive expression of essentially the same thing. Mm. And so when you think about that and how that applies, um, to this particular topic of freaking out, like how can we take a state of anxiety and turn it into a state of excitement? Because biologically to take yourself from a state of um, having your faculties aroused to calmness, that's a huge jump. Like that's a, that's a complete biological shift, which you can do, but it's not like flipping a switch and having that happen. It's actually a much easier um, switch to make from going anxious to excited. So Isn't that interesting? interesting. I had never thought about it that way. And that's I was like, so hmm. interesting. So what but are some, true, it right? is. Because yeah. We're talking about instead of going to the opposite mm-hmm. emotion, it's still the arousal of your faculties for the term that they're using. Yeah. And so just going over channeling it, differently. channeling it differently. So then how do we turn, this is a question I'm posing to you. How do you turn, um, this moment when you have that anxious response of freaking out into excitement? Oh my gosh, I have no idea. Right. Well, okay. But you're, you're challenging me. So let me think about that. Well, Think about the things we talked about though. Cause okay. I think, um, I think employing some of these strategies. Yes. You in the front. I'm raising my hand. Yes. Well, this may not, this may not be the answer you're looking for, but let's just take this morning when I freaked out on crew, cause we're using that term. I freaked out on him. I think I did channel that to excitement because I realized immediately just cause this is my nature. What a great opportunity. What a great learning opportunity. What a great thing. This is actually kind of exciting. I'll use that word that I get to show him my humility and say, I am so sorry, buddy. I didn't mean to like freak out on you. Um, and 
it's not a big deal and we talk through it. So maybe that is what it is. Instead mm-hmm. of calming down and going to no emotion, I kept the emotion high and we made it a teaching moment that exactly. was like happy and positive. I is love that, that. kind of what you mean? That's exactly what I was thinking. Well, and I, it's, there's no right or wrong answer, but that would be a question that I would ask myself and I will continue to ask myself now that I have this knowledge is, okay, how do I take this moment of anxiety wanting to freak out and be able to get excited about it, hmm. right? And so in my toilet paper thing, I could have thought, this is a really great opportunity to highlight why it is so important that they change the toilet paper roll, right? Yeah. It's just that little shift in thinking, but it is biologically easier to do. It is. Isn't that interesting? Like, a lot interesting. You guys, like that's that study, we'll, we'll have to link to it. Mm-hmm. Is it online? Yeah, it's no, online. That's really interesting because yeah. I've never thought of it that way. I had neither. And I was like, taken... that actually makes sense though. Yeah, it's a heightened it? emotion. But then just channeling it differently. Dang. Right? Kind of a game Way to go, changer. Harvard. You brilliant, brilliant people. <laughs> That's really cool. appreciate it's it. It's so good. So hmm. kind of to tie a bow on this episode, I gave you some really easy, tangible things you can do today. Um, so we'll just go back through those quick. Number one is stop exaggerating what's actually happening. Number two, acknowledge your weakness. And number three, make statements instead of asking questions. And those are three things you can do to kind of take yourself from freak out to teaching moment, I guess, and preserve your integrity and help the people around you to maintain their self-respect. In all the things that we have in this world, we can gain money, we can gain fame, we can gain power, we can gain all these different things. But at the end of the day, um, really the only thing that we have and that we need to maintain is our relationships. And so keeping that in mind in every relationship you have, that really maintaining the integrity of that relationship is kind of the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And you can have all the money and fame and wonderful things in the world. And we've seen this happen, you know, as we've watched stars kind of shine and then crash, right? The only thing that we really have that is irreplaceable in our lives are these relationships. And so to maintain those at all costs, um, particularly I think when it pertains to our children is something we need to be super, super mindful of and remember that there's never a problem to be solved. That's more important than a person to be loved. Good stuff. The end. The end. Well done. Thank you, Becky. And I think that was pretty concise. That was concise. This is one of our shorter episodes. Do you guys like it or not? Like, do you want us to keep going? You know, you know that we're accessible on Instagram. Feel free to, you know, shoot us a DM on Instagram and let us know if you kind of missed us going on and on. I know, right? (laughs) More content. Or if you like that once in a while we shake it up and make it shorter. That was, yeah, that was really concise. It's very to the point. And it's very, I'm very excited about what I've learned. I'm really excited about that because it changes the dialogue in my own head yeah. in my relationships. And I already I love that you said that. Changing the dialogue in our head, like this is why we do this. This is why I think this whole podcasting revolution has become so popular is because when you know better, you can do better. And when you get these little pieces of like, oh, I had never thought about that. It's not that we're all trying to do bad, but we're perpetuating cultural cultural norms that we've just been brought up with or it's a society and the fact is the best thing about being self-reliant is you can gain knowledge and you can know better and do better and that's all why we're here absolutely and with every episode of this podcast we hope that it's just another drop in the bucket for you of just like one more thing one more way that you can try a little harder to be a little better 
That's what we're trying to do here. Hallelujah. Well, friends, thank you so much for carving out the time to listen and always for joining us in this continued conversation about cultivating a good life. Nothing we have said is more important than those specific things that you have felt that are personal for you. We invite you to write down those promptings you feel and most importantly, act on them. We love you. We're cheering you on and we look forward to being with you next week. Bye-bye. Bye guys. How's that? Am I still hot? You don't sound... It's not problematic. Okay. Am I always this hot? Really? Hot. Hansel. He's so hot. Who's Hansel? Have you never seen Zoolander? Oh, jeez. You know I can't do dumb humor. Oh, it is so dumb. Do you know that about me? I shouldn't have assumed. I didn't know that. I can't do dumb humor. It's just... I can't... It's just not... It does not resonate with me and it doesn't set my soul on fire. So I just like name me one movie you think is dumb humor. Dumb and dumber. Okay. Dumb and dumber. (laughs) Is it Zoolander? Is that a dumb humor movie? It's dumb humor, but dumb and dumber is like its own. Like I don't find dumb and dumber funny. Okay. I think it's stupid actually like really stupid and like almost gratuitously stupid where it offends me. Okay. Not because of the content, but just because of its stupidity. Zoolander is very dumb but very funny. <laughs> What's the difference? I don't know, but, but there is, okay, there so is a, a delineation <laughs> in my mind and it's good. Welcome back, you guys. I'm Becky Proudfit and with me is my friend, my co-host, Becky Higgins. You took my job. I did. I really did. I'm really uncomfortable with that. I'm really glad you're uncomfortable because <laughs> it felt great. You did a good job though. It's fine. Thank it's you. Fine. Um, we guys, as always, 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 wow, we're starting over. Gosh dang it. <laughs> Because you got in your head. Okay, let's do it. I did. Oh, snap.